All right, we are live. Hello, dear Starshines. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Christina here with Life Body Academy. Uh, hey, good. So nice to see you guys. Hey, Carol. Hey, Polly. Hi, Young Trick. How's it going, Susan? Great to see you guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. For those of you who are new, my name is Christina and I'm an acceleration expert. And we are here to talk about those topics and issues that are significant for us star seeds, way showers, new paradigm visionaries, because we have perceptions, abilities, capacities that are not embraced by our larger human family. And therefore we have very unique um, angles um, to the challenges that we face on a daily basis. So I'm here to do, to the best of my ability, to share a liberated perspective to these daily uh, challenges. So we have some interesting things to talk about today. Um, for those of you who are in the Telegram group, I love you guys. Thank you so much for having some rocking conversations and bringing um, really interesting pieces forward. And that's mostly what I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, so there was a conversation in our Telegram group uh, called uh, Multidimensional Human. Um, if you guys were able to, uh, if you guys are on that, here, hold on a second, let me draw it up so I can uh, talk about it. Here it is. Okay, so this is a little bit of a complex question, but I want to talk about it because there's so many juicy layers to this issue. Okay, so uh, this is from dear um, M. Raj. Actually, it's from Emraj and Young Trick. Uh, we're having a conversation, and I want to, I've just pulled a few things out of it because I think it's really significant for us to talk about, uh, especially in the context of trauma and your uh, spiritual awakening. So, uh, so here's the question. So this is a, a question related to the topic of trauma. So it says, what is your multidimensional take on the human nervous system? Um, I, is it is it a matter of mind shift uh, mind shifting for uh, faster trauma reintegration, or is it different levels of work, such as somatic work addressing the human visceral aspects and shamanic work focusing on other dimensional aspects of the being? And then, um, in response to that question, Young Trick chimed in with something that I found very interesting, and it's really important for all of us to to pay attention to. Uh, because this is how we overwhelm ourselves and blow ourselves up and sometimes, you know, really uh, shoot ourselves in the foot in the, in the awakening process, liberation process. So uh, Young Trick goes into uh, to talk about his biosuit. Um, he says that his biosuit experience um, will, will let him know when my spiritual energy is coming into hot. But I found that sometimes it takes days or weeks or in hindsight, even years to recognize that whatever spiritual energetic breakthrough I had was perhaps too much for my body to handle at the time. Now, I would love to hear from you guys who's all here live. Have you had something like this happen where, and this is what I call sticking your finger in the spiritual lightning socket. Have you had this happen where you went and had an experience and it was groundbreaking, life-changing, and yet it took many years to integrate it because the physical body was just not in the place that it needed to be for quick and graceful reintegration. Now, we're separating body from spirit, but the way our biosuit works, there isn't a separation, right? What, what is in separation is that we, we have this idea that the... Um, the biosuit is separate from the expression of our spirit. Uh, but really, it is, if it's cleaned up, if the DNA dances, dances clean and unhindered, it is a perfect expression of our spirit. Okay, so w without distortions. So, uh, so I'm going to go in to talk about that more. And, uh, and I want to kind of like break down what I, what I actually mean by that. And then also within the same topic, uh, there's a question here about um, what does it mean for the nervous system to go crystalline? All right. So just to put those out there and then I'll just dive in, weave it in like I do, as you guys know I do. All right. So there, there's a few things. And now remember, you know, humanity has gone through a lot of trauma as a collective, right? We've had, we have uh, a ancient story about a fall of consciousness in our history, 
right? So what happens with that is that, you know, that, that's implying that some part of us um, stopped expressing itself through the biosuit. Some part of us stopped having uh, a, a clear expression of, our, uh, of the DNA dance. As in, just like when we're traumatized, we lose a part of our energy. We lose either a soul fragment or we lose life force energy in the, uh, in the mechanism of shock. Uh, and then when you talk about the fall of consciousness, it couples with something called a great catechism. Cata Wait a minute, catechism, that's, that's church. Uh, catastrophe, that's what I... <laughs> a great catastrophe, which means not just humanity has trauma, but the actual Pachamama Mother Earth has trauma as well. So we are the same. So as the earth gets traumatized, all the beings also um, become, are also an expression of that trauma. So when we're talking about, um, when we're talking about the awakening process, that means that the awakening that is possible for humanity as multidimensional, this is how I see it. The awakening that's possible for humanity is exactly parallel with the capacity with Pachamama, with Mother Earth. And according to some of the uh, very wise masters that I've worked with, one of them being Barbara Hanclaw, which many of you guys follow, know, and, and really love her work, is that that great catastrophe is a story, not just a collective trauma of humanity, but it's actually a story of the Pachamama, the great mother herself becoming traumatized. And according to that timeline, according to that understanding, it's now the times after the Mayan calendar that she is no longer traumatized. She has healed, she has fully healed from the trauma, which paves the way for us humans to heal from our trauma and to wake up who we are on a fuller capacity. Okay. So, so there is a, a component, there's components here that, um, that we're going to talk about in different layers. There's the ancestral component. There's the, just the bio suit dance. And then there's also the journey of the soul. Okay. So the journey of the soul, I refer to as the, the records in the Akasha. And then we have the, um, the ancestral journey. This is everything that you've inherited from your ancestors. But then you have, have your actual purpose, which is the pure physical expression of your being that's in your body, right? So all these things play together. We call it purpose, right? So a lot of times, and you guys, I'm sure you've had this experience in your own journey, in your awakening journey, is that the awakening journey looks like a healing journey. It looks like uh, healing your ancestry. It looks like healing, um, doing soul retrievals. It looks like doing what you need to do to restore, um, restore health where there was once fragmentation and trauma, which means there are trauma dramas that we carry into this life through our Akasha and our soul's journey. And then there's trauma dramas that we've inherited from our ancestry, right? And then there's actual trauma dramas that we experienced in this life, like car accidents, bike falls, you know, stuff like this. Getting into fights, whatever. There's all sorts of stuff like that. So as you guys know, in, in, this, in this process of waking up to who you are as a multidimensional human, it starts off as a spiritual awakening. It starts off as waking up and having these really profound spiritual type experiences, right? And then somewhere along the way that, that you start to have these glimpses of who you are beyond the face, who you are beyond who you think you are, who you are beyond the biosuit, and you start to have these glimpses of being an infinite being having a human experience. And this is something that cycles around and you'll go back and forth for a little while, feeling like an infinite being here and there, having very human experiences. And then the tides will shift again and you'll start going back into being, feeling very human, having spiritual experiences. And then that just keeps cycling around until eventually you get to this critical mass where your awakening journey really is not a spiritual practice at all. It's more of a... Uh, perfecting the human practice. <laughs> okay. So 
when you're doing a lot, whether you're on the journey of, of being a human having a spiritual experience or that infinite being having a human experience, there's this bio suit that we need to contend with. And, and it goes back and forth. It's just not one or the other. There, you need to be working with the nervous system and the bio suit as well as the soul's journey and, re, and, and um, the soul's journey and, and correcting the different inceptions that have happened within the Akasha such as vows to, uh, you know, vows to disempower, vows to harm the feminine, vows to demasculate. But, you know, we have all these promises, vows and contracts and something that just summarizes constructs within our Akasha that plays out through our subconscious and creates this reality. Remember, all these nest, there's all these multidimensional nesting dolls that are creating our here and now. And we can access all those nesting dolls in our subconscious. But, uh, but we need to understand that uh, it's not our ego driver that's creating this life, creating this reality. It's also, okay, it is your infinite self that's creating this reality, which means those other nesting dolls have to get addressed. So there's the layer of ancestral clearing. Ancestral clearing is essential because you've inherited, your bio suit has been programmed with beliefs and conditions and emotions and thoughts that your mother had while you were in the womb. So you came into a bio suit that was already pre-programmed. So there's, un, there's decoding all those things, right? But then there's also inherited uh, trauma, dramas, pains, but, uh, structures that, that's come down a much longer line. So say you come from a, a great example, is, say you come from a culture that is devoutly Catholic and you don't buy into it, but on a subconscious level, those initiations, the ceremonial magic that was performed in the, um, you know, in the, uh, oh, what do they call that? The, with first communion and the baptism and the, rit the ritual, the ceremonial magic that was happening every single Sunday, that's a deep level energetic programming, weaving your energy into committing yourself to the church and then their agendas and all that stuff. And then if you add in the dimensional level of, you know, those churches being on ley lines, ley lines getting activated, then you have your holidays. I mean, that that's like a deep weave into a control system. And even if this life, you want nothing to do with it, you've inherited the commitments, the vows, the promises of your ancestry to be woven in to that landscape. So ancestral healing clearing is absolutely essential for liberating your bio suit. Uh, and so is addressing the, uh, the current life trauma dramas. But then there's what you do on a daily basis. And this is the part that a lot of people don't realize. What you do on a daily basis is the big, that is the big deciding factor in how you move forward. So say you have, a, you put your finger in the spiritual lightning socket. Okay, you come down off the mountain, you go back to your life, it's completely destroyed. You're traumatized by that. And now you got to pick up your life again, right? <laughs> Raise your hand if that's ever happened to you, right? Those of us have been around for a few decades, most certainly. So you can, that spiritual awakening or that spiritual lightning socket, you can take that event and that cracking open and continue to let that cracking open uh, more and more and more until you are a completely new frequency, new being. You still have to deal with the current life traumas of that. You still have to have processes to work with, work that kind of stuff out. But what some people do is they get angry or resentful or whatever, and they, uh, that cracking may have happened. Now they're totally changed, but they actually didn't change their lifestyle. They didn't change what they do on a daily basis. And this is where the big game changer is. What you do on a daily basis has everything to do with how you move forward, okay? How you spend your time, right? So a lot of people feel like they're awake, but they spend eight hours of the day watching YouTube or on social media, right? Or, you know, they're, they're really awake when they're in their meditations in the morning and maybe the meditations at night, but their life in between is a very, you know, humdrum mundane. They're committing their life, for, their life force energy and their focus into systems that are completely against their truth, right? So again, you're that, that, so your bandwidth that you dedicate to that, you're, you, the kind of change you're going to experience is going to be minimal. Yeah, I'm getting to all these pieces. I have to weave it all together, guys, I promise. Oh, here, I'm going to uh, pause real quick and check in with Young Trick. All right, I've been zapped by 
that lightning socket a couple times, LOL. One time I had a Kundalini awakening, but didn't know what it was at the time. Just remember being very debased for a while. Thanks for the picture. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, happy birthday, Joanne. I just found out it was your birthday. So happy birthday, darling. Okay. So um, we have all these layers that are making up our experience. And how once we start dealing with the healing stuff, we start doing what we need, supporting our bio suit and the way that it needs to be supported to integrate these big changes that we've just experienced. Spiritual lightning socket, um, soul retrieval, which I was just talking about with somebody. Uh, you know, this you have to support the body in integrating the stuff. Once it's integrated in your bio suit, this is when it's actually going to be reflected to you in this outside world. Because this outside world is showing you everything that's inside of you. That's, that's not a metaphor. That is literal. That's why we can actually create realities by, digest, by, by digesting light codes. You digest a light code, right? It gets planted in the garden of your bio suit, assuming it's well-tilled soil and, it's, and something can be planted in there. All of a sudden, you're growing this beautiful garden of abundance from that light code. And you can start sharing that. It's, it's like a, and, is, and it will start changing the actual surroundings around you, how you see those surroundings, but also how you relate, how they, those surroundings relate to you. Because everything that's happening, we are pulling to us because this is who and how we are. And, and this is turning the whole manifestation game on its head. Because a lot of people, you know, they, they go through the law of manifestation, law this, law that. It's like, no, 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 no. It's all bass backwards. And it's all done through a masculine mindset, one that is cut off from creation in the sense of you, you're starting off in a deficit. You're starting off in a need and a want versus start in the feminine way where you're starting off with having everything you already need to do whatever it is you want to do and whatever is important for you to do. So even our spiritual traditions show the disparage. You know, you're not worthy until you have your initiation, right? Or... Uh, after you do this and do that and do this, you've, you've earned the, the, the badge of honor. You've earned your initiation. So now you're a warrior. So now you proved yourself. Now you can be this. Now you proved yourself here. Now you, you can have this badge. It's the exact opposite. You are given the initiations, everything you need for you to walk the life that you've always wanted. And that that and if you if you approach in that way, that includes your healing, that includes that well that includes on all levels, your your healing, your acceleration, your awakening, your sovereignty. You're given it all in the beginning. What happens is that there are seeds that you need to tend to. So you're tending to yourself like a garden. So if you think about healing yourself with traumas or, um, or uh, healing yourself with different modalities, um, I love Chinese medicine, right? That is all part of tending the garden, okay? So I met a gentleman that does uh, nervous system reset. Really interesting cat, young, young guy. Well, all right, young to me guy, right? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, he uses breath work, uh, abdominal breathing to reset the nervous system. Really, really interesting character. And, and his thought was that the more you sedate the nervous system, the more relaxed your body is, the more you can embody your, your energy, the truth of who you are, right? So there's absolutely, there's truth to that because if you're all, if your nervous system's tweaked and your system is running on adrenaline all the time, your bio suit can't do the DNA dance necessary for your quantum to be uh, fully expressed. Uh, but that's only one side of it. There's like, like once you become sedated, your nervous system becomes sedated and you are in that parasympathetic nervous system response, there's still the expansion of the DNA dance that needs to happen, which means you have to reprogram those things that are in your head or deprogram more likely, you know, those things that are in your head that, of who you think you are. Because remember, being a human, having spiritual experience is only half the, only half the dance. The other half of the dance is recognizing who you are as an infinite being, having a human experience, and then learning how to relate to the rest of life from that lens. And this is how we accelerate as multidimensionals. And, and these are the ones that the dream work really works for, right? And the other levels of multidimensional work. So I know you guys are all really um, 
adept practitioners here. So is it the chicken or the egg, right? That's, that's the question. You can be in a highly traumatized state and have a lot of your, your multidimensional aspects activated. Is it back? It's back. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, so I don't know where that blipped off, so I'll have to say the, say the sentence again without the F-bomb. So, so you can be a highly activated human in a traumatized body or in a body that's running on adrenaline or that's in a stressful state that can't, literally cannot have its dance. The, the, the problem with that is, is that it'll all be in your awareness. You'll be aware of it, but you won't actually be living a life as a multidimensional. You'll still be living a life that struggles, that is living in lack, that, that you know, you'll still be having these experiences that are not uh, empowering experiences. That, so, so the advantage here is once you are awake on those levels, you have tools available to you to work with the biosuit. So it can be in the state that it needs to be in for the rest of your quantum to just drop right in and live deep inside. Now, a lot of people think that the center of the soul is the heart, but according to the immortal masters, and I'm talking about in South America, but also in Asia and the ones that I've been working with in, in Thailand, the seat is in the sacrum. That is where, where the true seat of the soul is. So embodying yourself to the heart space is only is only half the distance you need you need to be it's about being deep within your sacrum deep within your feeling senses you're sensing uh your lower levels of your bio suit this is where jaguar medicine gets activated is when your when your soul is deeply rooted within the sacrum and you've done the work necessary for that to, to anchor in and once you do that, you don't need a lot of these tools that a lot of light workers need, like shielding and armor and this, you know, these, this and that. You don't need any of those things because once you're like, once your bio suit is, is imbued past critical mass on that level, your field becomes pretty impenetrable. And actually, I was just working with a group. What day was that? Oh, I think it might have been yesterday. See, my days run together. Um, I was just working with a group that um, really skilled, really, you know, really skilled uh, and uh, gifted people, but most of them were not in, anchored in their sacrum. So they needed a lot of armor in order to execute the purpose of why they were together. Um, so, so when you drop in more deeply by, by doing the work you need to do to support the body, that then you can start to actually live the truth of your multidimensional nature. Things just come to you as you need them. It's like quite literally, I will say I want something <laughs> and I'll have no idea how it's going to happen. And sometimes I'll actually get a knock on the door. Knock, 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 knock. And somebody will be bringing exactly what it is that I said I wanted. Right. It, it happens like that. It's because I'm embodied, deeply embodied. I'm a very normal human for the most. Well, all right. I, I think I'm normal. <laughs> It's just I can process a lot, a lot of energy and I create and completely, I create a life in a completely different way than most other humans. And of course, it's my passion to empower you guys to, to make a life, you know, in the way that you want that's really true to you. This is how we change the world. Our value systems change. What we, our needs change. All this stuff changes. So going into changes, in the prophecy of the masters that I've worked with, they've talked about this idea of a new human coming to this planet. Um, Alberto writes about this, the difference between a homo sapien and a homo luminous, okay? And that, that's his way of expressing this, this shift of a new human. Um, this is tying into the whole crystalline piece. And, and what's happening is that our frequency is at such a place where we are in completely different relationship to creation than the old paradigm human. We are um, homo luminous in the sense that we are, we don't have to go through that journey of being a human being having a spiritual experience in order to threshold into being an infinite being having a 
human experience. Did I just, I said that? Okay, yeah. Human being have a spiritual experience in crossing this, the threshold of being a spiritual being, having human experience. You won't have to go through that first half of the cycle. Instead, you are born with the awareness of being an infinite being in a human experience. And with that comes your memories, okay? So this is said to be happening right now during these times, starting with uh, the, late, the late 80s, going all the way through the, um, the early 2030s. This is the time when those new humans are coming. Now, it doesn't mean you have to be born like this because there's encodements. Our bio suits multidimensional. They, this teaching came with a whole pack Zip, zip file of encodements for people to take in and digest and change their bio suit so they can convert into having that experience as an infinite being, having human experience. So this is where you start getting language like crystalline, right? Now, there are some pros and cons about crystalline. Crystalline energy means that a lot of energy can pass through you very quickly, right? There's, it's a lot more clean movement. Crystalline also can be talked about as silicone, right? Now, you guys, I don't know if you're sci-fi fans. I'm a huge sci-fi fan, right? I love all the Star Treks, all of the, all of the um, Stargates, all, you know, every, all, I love all of it. But there was a particular um, series of episodes in both the old school Star Trek and the uh, new school Star Treks where they explored what it would look like for humanity, for humans to come in contact with a crystalline based virus. Okay. And pretty actually across the board, those episodes were, you know, there's nothing you can do to stop a crystalline virus because we're carbon based. Now, Homo luminous, or I'm sorry, Homo sapien car car is carbon based. But as we get into that more infinite being, we need a system that can allow more quantum, more uh, energy to pass through us. Now, in the old paradigm, a lot of humans are just struggling just to be in the flow, right? Because, you know, they have a hard time just letting energy pass through them for whatever reason. It could be trauma inherited, could be trauma from this life. It could be whatever happening in their Akasha. There could be, you know, all sorts of things going on that are keeping that from happening. But um, that's, you know, that's not us because we are awake to much larger levels of who we are. We understand that that's a, you know, we can step out of that with hard work and direct and direct um, address to those issues. And we can expand our consciousness where we can step into or we can expand our consciousness and shed those shame programs and, you know, the different programming from the from the religions about not deserving and all that stuff and just be the flow that we are. So, you know, a lot of us are, are um, really have most of, most of ourselves pulled out of that paradigm. So the next piece is being the flow that you are. And then there's the piece after that is maximizing the kind of flow that is possible to go through your being. Okay. And that, at that, at that threshold, that's where the crystalline issue starts coming into, coming into the conversation. Also in that, in that crossing of that threshold is also where the the changing of the chakra system conversation starts coming into play as well so uh we've had this conversation several times i'm just going to revisit this okay so in matter of fact i was in tulum when i discovered this history about the vedic what we call the vedic chakra system that's the seven the seven um centered chakra system as taught through the Vedic teachings. When I was in Tulum the first time, many years ago, well, five years ago, feels like a lifetime ago, I was um, doing some work with some star seeds and Hyperboreans started to present. And as they were presenting, they were downloading in a, a history, uh, the history of who they are in relationship to the people in the room and the relationship to uh, Mesoamerica and in relationship to me and we were um and they were pretty much imparting that the um the vedic the seven um center chakra system as known through the vedic teachings was a gift from the hyperboreans to humanity to assist them in re-embodying their 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 bio suits because directly after the mass catastrophic event, the mass trauma, 
humanity and the earth was so extremely traumatized, um, humans were not able to hold the, the morphic field of their biosuit. So they gifted them this chakra system to assist humanity in their deeper embodiment into this realm. Okay. Now, for those of you that have gone deep down the rabbit hole in the multidimensional journey, also realize most of the, okay, maybe most isn't exactly accurate. Many of the control systems, artificial control systems that um, plague humanity are uniquely designed just for that seven chakra model. Okay. So what many star seeds that are in this place of they're already in flow, but now they're going into maximizing the kind of quantum that can flow through them. They discover this process that they call chakra removal. And this is how, and this is a process that you put yourself through to actually remove that, those layers, um, etheric and right down into the endocrine system of the chakra system, the Vedic chakra system specifically. Now, that was not the only energetic system that was gifted to humanity. Amaru Muru, um, the founder of the Incan Empire, which is they call the Serpent King, um, seated the Inca people in Lake Titicaca, and he gifted them a three-part chakra system. And that, right, a three-part chakra system, and that correlates also with the Taoist teachings and different um, Eastern teachings that only talk about three main systems, the upper Dantian, middle Dantian, lower Dantian, okay? So, so there were multiple systems that were gifted to humanity, um, but the powers that be uh, decided that the seven chakra model as taught through the Vedic um, was, the, was more desirable for whatever reason, to the betterment of humanity or not. You guys decide on that one. So going back to maximizing the kind of quantum. So when you, to, in order to maximize the level of quantum that can be in flow through your body, that seven chakra um, model has a lot of problems with it. One of it being the activation of the Kundalini. As dear young trick named Jim has, has pointed out that that can have a very adverse effect. Some people become debilitated. Some people become handicapped. Some people have strokes. I mean, it can have a really adverse effect on the biosuit because of the subconscious mechanisms and the different nesting dolls of creation that's creating your reality. So, um, so it can be problematic for some. Some have found it to be problematic. Others have not found it to be pro problematic, in which case, hey, wonderful. I, I don't care either way. Um, I just acknowledge it because I know that it's so. I see that it's a true thing. So this, so in the effort to maximize the level of quantum that can flow through human spirit and their biosuit, there's um, upgrades that are happening within the body. And this is where you start getting ideas about going crystalline, going diamond. Now that they're talking about the spirit body and the etheric body in those languagings, but it also can be applied to things like the endocrine system, the nervous system, and, mother, and other more um, maybe physical, what one would call physical aspects of the biosuit. And uh, the interesting thing about that is, is that it's not, it, it's not a, um, something that guarantees you from being hijacked because you can still program, you can program a crystal to whatever you want. It could be, it can be with um, intentions that are benevolent and uplifting and helpful for humanity. And it could be power over dynamics. A crystal is benign. It doesn't care usually, right? You can, you can take a crystal and program it with whatever you want, right? Assuming that you have that relationship and, and capability. So just because you're switching from um, carbon-based into a crystalline-based does not mean the same similar hang-ups about claiming your sovereignty are at play. I would say it's even more at play when you start going crystalline because now your energy, your life force energy, is even more abundant, even more juicy, even more attractive to those that live off the luge, okay? So I wouldn't say that you have much advantage yet of being in a more crystalline state. If anything, you have to be a lot more vigilant about how you spend your time, how you spend your bandwidth, what you focus on every day. 
So if anything, the bar of your quality of humanness gets raised even higher in my perspective if you're going through that kind of shift uh, going from um, carbon to crystalline, okay? One of the things, though, that it's advantage from going to making that shift is that a lot of the um, carbon-based infiltration won't have, as you'll be immune to it, right? You'll be more immune to it than the average human. And, uh, and that's stuff like, um, well, I won't get into that because that's going to be a whole new rabbit hole. I want to get to these comments and then keep rolling on in this direction. All right. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. It's back. Woohoo. All right. Uh, uh, Miroslav says, can you assist someone that someone to deal with those issues and problems you just mentioned? Oh, shoot. I should have read this right when I right when you posted it. Um, I, were we t I think that might have jumped in when we were talking about upgrading consciousness and uh, the trauma dramas inherited from ancestors. Um, please let me know if that is the place where um, you're picking it up. And I'll watch closely for your response. All right, dear sister Holly says, right after 9-11, I was part of the survivor group. A, CA, a CAT scan of my lungs showed crystalline structures that the doctors would only describe but not understand what they were doing there. Okay. Now that's interesting. So, um, Polly, do you have, do you feel like you have lung or breathing issues? Like that's like there's something that hinders or is this nothing at all? Um, Okay, so crystalline is, we're talking about an etheric structure, a structure that can channel energy, that can allow energy to pass through it. And it also can hold vast amount of, vast amounts of information. So misplaced crystalline structures could be, oh, okay. I was going to say misplaced crystalline structures could be a detriment to one's health. But the fact that they are actual crystalline means that you can imbue them with wisdom information and functionality to maybe, um, you know, uh, mimic the, the uh, you know, where they are in the body, the, the, the process that needs to happen with where they are in the body. There's that kind of thing. That would take a lot of focused meditation and dedication, though, um, because there's this highly charged thought form and other emotional things in the subconscious that, that you have to deal with. Uh, yeah, so everything is about relationship. If something is crystalline and it's not in right relationship with the rest of your body, it's not helping you. If it's not in right relationship with the core truth of who you are, it's not helping you. So um, to, to think that just because something is of a particular structure or a particular um, way, it, it's, it's all, it's, if it's not in right relationship and right and in harmony with your particular expression, then it's, it's not going to be any good. Now, there's times when we get equipped with things before we need them. Those kinds of things happen, but, um, but that, that's more of preparedness. And usually they stay in like a dormant state until something in your light body gets activated and then they come online. Now, I know I had that with diamond encodements. I had these, um, I, I was in meditation. I watched these, these diamond encodements drop in this is related to cosmic dragon frequencies. I had these diamond encodements drop in, and I was just like, oh, what, what's this about? And, but they weren't ready to get activated. I, I needed to cross the threshold of a few things before I can actually have them come online and get fully activated. So, um, so I did. I, you know, did the different, kind, the different kind of work I needed to do. I needed to sedate my nervous system. I needed to reset some things on a brain wave level. There's all sorts of things I needed to do to prepare my biosuit for those codes to get activated. So it takes a lot of compassion with these things. A lot of times we, we're on a sprint and we just wanna keep running, but we need to recognize that this is not a sprint, this is a marathon. We have to pace ourselves, okay? We have to pace ourselves. If you are downloading encodements and integrating as fast as you possibly can, that means you need to have a lifestyle of having regular body work to assist your, <laughs> assist your biosuit and processing all that, okay? And like I said, my favorite, and I find very effective is um, Chinese medicine um, because it used the acupuncture and the herbs together. And that kind of, that really helps smooth the whole process over. Okay. So you don't know when you got them. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, Polly, can can I look at that real quick? Do you mind if I just looked at that? I'm I'm interested. I'm curious to see if I can get to an origin point with them. Because uh, it could be, you know, debris from right from the buildings, right? In which case, they shouldn't be crystal. They would be. Um, they, well, no, that they, they could be crystal if it was like asbestos or something like this. Okay, thank you. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, I'm getting it, that's debris, it's debris. Um, that's just outside looking in without digging too deeply, which you can still, you can still uh, work with uh, by focusing your efforts on, on sedating the nervous system and bringing yourself into a deep parasympathetic nervous system response for extended periods of time, you can set the stage for your body to start expelling that stuff or dissolving that stuff if it's possible. You know, a lot of times on our healing journeys, the reason why we start developing disease or, you know, developing things that are chronic is because our bio suit needs a lot more support than we're, than we are giving it. And for a lot of people, it's not realistic even to be in a deep uh, parasympathetic nervous, um, uh, nervous system state for many hours at a time. So for some people, it's like, I don't have time in my life for that. You know, I can't sit around doing nothing, <laughs> you know? So, so uh, that's, that's a factor here is how much time, rest and digest time, are we giving our bio suits? When we go into, and this is partially why I feel like water fasting is so impactful for deep healing states, because when you're water fasting, you can't do anything, but you start to go into a very deep altered state and you stay in that deep altered state for the duration of the fast, okay? Um, and I'm talking about people who are water fasting for months at a time. This is, they've, they've had amazing results um, curing incurable diseases by um, this sort of process. You're, you're not in an everyday world. You are, in a, you are in a sanctuary where everything is set up to be optimal for the nervous system for, your, for you to be in that rest and digest state. And then, um, and plus there's all the, the, uh, the work that I've done with the breatharians in Thailand, you know, the, uh, no, I didn't go in there with the intention of becoming a breatharian. I went, went in there with the intention of learning how to reprogram my cells so I can nourish myself differently and have a different relationship to outer nourishment, which is exactly what I got. But a part of that process is not eating for 11 days, right? So you're in dark room where it's dark 24 <laughs> seven. Uh, and then you're changing the brain waves. You're, you're, you're changing the biochemistry within your, within your endocrine system. I'm stepping outside of normal human reality and being and going into dream time 24 seven. And then there's no outer substances that are um, taxing my body in any way. So if you're like, you're, you're living in an altered dimensional state reprogramming your cells in that state from an, from a, a um, expanded aspect of, of who you are. So those sorts of processes is oftentimes the depths that we need to go to heal ourselves from these deep, deep chronic things that are considered incurable. We know we need to go to an extreme extreme, like beyond what we think a normal, you know, that we would be willing to do, <laughs> usually the Western mind anyway. Now, when you get into um, indigenous practices, you do whatever it is you have to do, period. It's not, it's not an option. It's, this is the, this is the depths of which you go. Okay. So the, the recommendation is to go live in solitude for three years in the jungle. This is how you're going to, this is how you're going to cure your ailment. Right. And if you're going to do it the way that the, you know, the way that it's been prescribed, you're going to do that and you'll come back and as a completely different human, different person, you, you've made the frequency shift. So your bio suit and your spirit and the quantum and the flow going through you is at a completely different frequency than it was before. And therefore your body doesn't have the expression of that illness. Yet these extremes are necessary for those for those pieces sometimes. I also was told about a process and I didn't do this process and I don't know if the person that was informing me about it has done it. I don't think they have because we've talked here and there 
um, there's this process of a darkroom experience, but you do it for three months. You do it three months, and the only thing that you're drinking is, I think it's, um, I think it's milk. It's, but it's not a processed milk. It's raw calf milk that is not any older. All right, so, um, it's so, so it's a calf. So, so after the the cow gives birth, there's different kinds of milk that comes out as the calf ages. So you're in dark room for the whole time and you're eating calf's milk that is intended for the calf within its first three months of life. And then, and then after that, you don't use that cow's milk anymore and it's raw and you, you do that process. And that process will actually reverse all the um, aging your body has endured um, for 20, um, even 30 years. You can actually reverse the aging process by decades by, um, by doing this kind of process. And it turns out this is a, a known process within, within the East. Now, extreme, yes, <laughs> right? So, um, but a lot of these things that we consider are as impossible, they're impossible because of the level of extreme one needs to go in order to experience it. Um, I once met a man that did a, a six-month dry fast. Now, he wasn't doing it as a, as a um, breatharian. He was doing it as a fast and he was doing that because he was eradicating himself of parasites, deeply embedded parasites that normally um, one doesn't ever get to address. And that was, you know, his big thing, because he was um, really obsessed with being completely sovereign on a on a multidimensional level. And he felt like his body had these parasites, and no parasite cleanse would take care of it. And then he, then he downloaded from or uploaded from his spirit, however you want to say, it, however you want to look at that, that this is what he needed to do to eradicate himself of these parasites and that's what he did can you imagine doing a dry fast for six months he looked terrible he did a actually he's on youtube i can't remember his name to refer you to him but uh maybe you can talk about six month dry fast dry fasting and parasites or something like this the video might come up so you know these these pieces are you know the human body is absolutely amazing in what it can do there are no limits it, what's important is that you're listening to it and you're in right relationship with these things. So when you're evolving your consciousness, your bio suit, addressing the bio suit is absolutely essential. The nervous system is absolutely essential. Okay. Um, Polly says colostrum. No, the colostrum is for the, that's in the first couple hours or maybe first couple of days. This was the first three months of calf milk. I, you know, I, I don't know the full science, you know, of what, what was behind that tradition, but that was, that was what he told me the process was. This was from um, uh, a dear friend that I met in Thailand uh, that spent a lot of time in India, like a lot, a lot of time in India. So, um, and he was also on the pursuit of uh, looking for the fountain of youth, so to speak. He was a Westerner that has been in the East for a long time. And uh, well, he just really wanted to reverse reverse all the damage he did in his life, oxidative damage that he's done in his life, and he wanted to go back, you know, dial the, the biological clock, dial it back by 20 years, you know, and that was the, pro the next level process that he was researching. All right. Oh, okay. Uh, Miroslav's here. All right. I want, I want to, um, I wanted to ask you what you can be causing, oh, causing muscle spasms, kind of struggling, surrendering to flow of life where I feel safe while growing changing and moving in my life yeah okay so this is a process this process is best dictated by your inner knowing um, but I'm going to give you a piece that might might help you okay Western culture puts a very high value on safety. And the reason why is because that's because that is how they were able to colonize the indigenous mind is if you don't do what you're, which it's not safe if you don't do what you're told. Okay. It's not safe for you spiritually. It's not safe emotionally, mentally, physically, right? I mean, they pretty much terrorized and traumatized the indigenous of these, of this globe to acquiesce to the demands 
of colonization. So there is a deeply embedded program that gives us this need for safety, okay? And I'm not saying it's not a real need, it's not a real feeling. It's absolutely a real feeling, right? If you don't feel safe, you don't feel safe. Your nervous system's kicking off adrenaline, all kinds of stuff is going on, right? Okay, so on, on that level, you can adapt uh, regular, uh, I'm talking about the, the nervous system responding to not feeling safe um, level. You can adapt uh, regular uh, pranayam practices, breathing exercises, belly breathing exercises that stimulate the vagal nerve. Another thing you can do to counteract the physical impact is work, work your belly button. Like you bring your, get your, your hands in the belly button and you start stretching it out in all these different directions until eventually it's loose and pliable and you can press back far enough to touch, massage, so to speak, the vagal nerve that's right uh, below the diaphragm. The vagal nerve is the longest nerve in the human body. It, it, it goes all the way from the brainstem down to the top of the womb space or bottom of the, um, bottom of the diaphragm if you're a man. Okay, so... That's the nervous system response to safety. But now I want to give you a spiritual understanding about safety. Safety is a lie. There's no such thing as safety. Okay? It is a control system. When we are making decisions to keep ourselves safe, we are making decisions to grab grab onto something have a sense of control grab onto something else outside of us so we have a sense of control right it is a mechanism of the ego driver so the ego driver is a petty tyrant that believes that it's the one in charge but it's not it's your spirit that's in charge it's the infinite aspect of your nature that is creating this reality the ego driver is the toddler in the passenger seat, okay? And we've been trained energetically. We've been trained psychologically. We've been trained generation after generation to fully believe that we are who we think we are. We give all this power over to the ego driver. We can actually become frozen in fear by our ego driver, right? But this is where you start addressing that the physiological response to fear, the physiological response to not feeling safe, address that so your body goes into that deep parasympathetic rest and digest response. And you can retrain yourself, you can retrain your bio suit to have a different response to, to fear, a different response to not feeling safe, okay? So you're reprogramming your bio suit through conditioning to step out of the need to have safety in order to feel secure within oneself, okay? So there's that piece. And then the other piece is safety is an illusion. There's everything about your life can change in a split second. And many of you guys know this, you know? You can, you can fall, you can, you know, you can keel over of an aneurysm in, in the moment. You can have a car accident that changes everything. You can have, you know, some sort of major event that changes everything in a split second. In this way, safety is an illusion. We do, we invest all this focus, we invest all this life force energy into creating safety, but it's not real. It's the illusion of safety, okay? So when we spend large amounts of our bandwidth cultivating and creating safety, we are spending large amounts of our bandwidth feeding a lie, feeding an illusion. Okay. Those are the two pieces I can give you. Um, as far as particular modalities of body work or modalities of, of working with the bio suit, like I said, I love Chinese medicine. Also, um, cranial sacral uh, work is very, very good. They are not all created equal. There's many different kinds of cranial sacral work. I would, uh, I really love the biodynamic cranial sacral work, not the upledger practice, but biodynamic cranial sacral work because that requires the 
the um, practitioner to practice profound, I mean, profound listening and holding a profound space of stillness. And with that, they can actually unwind the nervous system, unwind trauma. Now, the upledger practice is, is good too, but I, I find that it goes much deeper. The biodynamic kind goes much, much deeper into unraveling deep, deep interdimensional aspects of the nervous system. All right, I'm going to take a comment and then I'm going to go because it's time's up already. It's amazing how it's gone by. All right, Joanne says, the propaganda to be safe is rampant these days. The reason for all the insurance programs and school rules, removing the playground equipment, etc. Yeah, yeah, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. All right, so I want to chime in on that and, and just and use the example of horses, okay? So I was an equestrian when I was younger, and we had all different, we had, uh, um, it was a, a barn that had all different types of uh working horses, let's say it like that. Some were really high level dressage, um, hunter jumpers, you know, really high level um, show horses. And others were brood mares and, you know, horses that have gone to pasture, so to speak. And, you know, no one really cared much about them. So the horses that were main highly maintained, like those show horses, right? If you put them in the stall that had the slightest little nail, they were going to find it and cut themselves, right? But these other horses, these brood mares and the ones put to pasture, you can put them in a stall with a hundred nails and they'd be fine. Nothing would happen, right? It's because, you know, they, they didn't cultivate the expectation that no matter where I go, I don't, you know, I don't need to pay attention, close attention because I'm going to be fine, right? This is what Western culture is. We have this high level of expectation uh, that things should be a certain way to keep us safe. And a great way to bust that paradigm is go to a third world country sometimes, sometime, okay? Completely different rules. I mean, the rules of traffic don't even really apply, <laughs> you know? Um, here in Mexico, it's a really great example. Nobody has addresses here. There's no addresses. They, if you want to get somewhere, you have to tell someone around about where it is. If, you, if you're lucky, you might know the name of, that the building has, but there's no, you know, 4619 Avenida Caba. No, 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 no. It's, um, it's uh, on Caba. It's this building. It's in this neighborhood. And, you, and it's up to you to figure out. It's completely up to you. It's your responsibility to figure out. It's not the person's fault for not giving you wrong directions. It's not the person's fault for not giving you and being able to give you an exact address. No, 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 no. You want to get somewhere. It's up to you to figure out how to get there. <laughs> you know? Same thing with um, like when you go to train, like train stations and stuff. We have all these, you know, yellow lines and, and bells and whistles that tells everybody a train's coming. But you go to a third world country where there's a train. I mean, you're lucky that there, there's nothing. I mean, you, you can hear the train coming. That's all you got, you know. And there'll, there'll be people standing on the tracks and the train is coming. And it's like, you know, they, Darwin, right? <laughs> if you don't have the sense, if you don't have the horse sense, the common sense to get out of the way, then, you know, there you go. It's no one's fault but your own. That's a very different way of thinking about things than a lot of folks in the West. The West has a completely different level. You don't assume that the water is safe to drink. You don't assume anything about anything when you get into a third world country. I mean, where I'm at is really, really nice. It's beautiful. And I would not call this third world, though maybe some Americans might, some Canadians might. But, um, but there are parts that are very, very third world, right? And I mean, you just got to figure it out. It's your problem. You want to do something? It's your problem to figure it out. No, one, no one's, no one's going to be there to save you. But there is this really deep human connection that's here. So people have compassion. People are full of kindness, right? So they, cause they know what it's like to not be able to get to where you're going. They know what it's like to feel like you're missing something <laughs> that's really important to you. So it's out of the compassion and kindness of their heart, they might help you, you see? So it's, it's very different than, than our assumptions that we have in the West. All right. Well, thank you guys for, for hanging out. I hope that I was able to address these pieces uh, appropriately. Get a young trick, let me know. Um, Emraj, let me know. Uh, and for those of you who want to join these kinds of conversations, um, there's two places that they happen. There's uh, the Telegram group called Multidimensional Human. 
and there's a Facebook group called Rise of the Multidimensional Human. Now, this is a community of people, so the conversations are the organic conversations that happen in the community, okay? And then, of course, with these videos, um, we can, uh, we can uh, uh, have conversations in the comments in, um, in the chats below. Ah, thank you, Young Trick. Thank you for that. Awesome. Woohoo! I hit the mark. Wonderful. And also, please, that reminds me, you guys, uh, like, subscribe, comment in this video in the comments below, and that helps the algorithm, helps other people find us. I really appreciate you guys being here. Mwah. Lots of love to you all. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.